0: You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up.
1: What's the difference between Jim Jones and Donald Trump? Donald Trump is gonna charge for the Kool-Aid.
0: I thought that was pretty fucking clever. I liked that a lot. So you know what I did? I went and looked up some other cult jokes that I wanted to check out. So I have a few cult jokes here that I wanted to read. See what you guys think, okay? Check this one out. Uh, A lot of these came from a website called upjoke.com, so they're not credited to anybody, but I think you can go there and see if they're credited. I'm not sure. I joined a new coronavirus cult, the Branch Covidians. I was gonna make a Jonestown cult joke, but the punchline's too long. My friend got into hot water with a cult of mimes. They committed unspeakable acts of violence against him. I love these fucking jokes. The subjects that I cover are pretty fucking dark sometimes. They're really hard to, to face, to deal with. If you can't laugh at some of this stuff, then you'll cry at it, really. If you can't laugh at it, then you will cry about it. So, I figure it's good to have a few jokes under our belt. A cult attempted to indoctrinate a hairstylist, but despite their efforts, they say they just couldn't condition her. They just couldn't condition her. That's pretty good. An entire cult of killer bees were found dead. They're thought to have committed insecticide. Did you hear about the cult that worships fabrics? They're satinists. What's the difference between cults and the Church of Scientology? Cults have charismatic leaders. Uh, I don't know. I think David Miscavige, the leader of Scientology, is pretty charismatic, actually. Um, At least to the people on the inside. He's a monster and a scumbag to people on the outside. So I guess it's a matter of perspective i read a novel about a cult that sacrifices books it was a real page burner what's the difference between a religion and a cult most people are willing to admit that cults are dangerous i thought that was pretty funny there are a couple of common jokes that i didn't really pick up i wasn't a huge fan like the common joke um in a cult there's somebody at the top that knows it's a scam in a religion that guy is dead that's the joke and actually that's from a joe rogan routine i think I don't really like that joke because it's inaccurate. That's not the difference between a religion and a cult. It it leads to a lot of misinformation about my field. But uh, anyway, I, I at least liked this one. What's the difference between a religion and a cult? Most people are willing to admit the cults are dangerous. That's pretty good. Avoid dangerous cults, practice safe sects, S-E-C-T-S. Have you heard about the pogo stick cult? Prophets have gone through the roof. There is a new cult called the Order of the Follicle that worships human hair. Shaving is considered heresy. Heresy. I thought that was pretty good too. Well, I I posted this on my my channel, my community tab or whatever. And I actually got some really fucking good jokes from people there. So I figured I'd pull it up and credit some of them. They are really fucking funny. Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate Halloween. I guess they don't like random strangers knocking on their door. That was from Sun Tzu. This one is Capslock Pundit. In honor of Jehovah's Witnesses and LDS missionaries, we will offer a series of knock-knock jokes. What's this? Clip-clop, 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 silence. A drive-by Amish shunning. If Jehovah had a good lawyer, he wouldn't need so many witnesses. That one's from Damian Mendez. Why did the Mormon cross the road? to get to the other bride. How many Trump supporters does it take to screw in a light bulb? Answer, none. Trump tells them that it's fixed and they applaud him in the dark. That one was from Joey Martin. Thank you, Joey Martin, for that one. That was really good. What's a Jehovah's Witness's favorite band? The Doors. Somebody said, just make it 99% dad tier cult puns. I think I've lived up to that, right? I'm pretty comfortable with how it went. I I think they were dad tier cult puns.
1: This is my, Master Jeep calling from Birmingham, Alabama. Got a question for you. I was looking at one of your um, videos about Jehovah's Witness. Is it true y'all had
0: to sit during the Pledge of Allegiance? Y'all, didn't, y'all couldn't stand? I, um, I found that very unusual because, you know, the football players that, you know, kneeled during the pledge, they gave him a lot of heartache about it. But if there's millions of Jehovah's Witnesses that sit during the pledge, I've never heard that before um enjoy your show long time fan thanks yeah i appreciate that the answer is no we didn't have to sit during the pledge not in my congregation but this is one of those things it's kind of an inter-congregational set of ethics or values or morals or whatever for example, my congregation was allowed to play Pokemon, but we were not allowed to watch Harry Potter. I think it varied from congregation to congregation generally on little things like that. Um I think for the most part every congregation of Jehovah's Witnesses banned Harry Potter. I don't I can't think of a single case where anybody was allowed to read that. It was witchcraft. But with standing for the pledge or sitting for the pledge, specifically, I was allowed to stand if I chose or sit. And I guess it's safe to say now because I'm not in West Virginia anymore, but the woman who fought the battle to not have to say the Pledge of Allegiance, the legal battle in like the 1930s, I knew her. Her name was... Gaithy Barnett, when she fought that, that battle, the Barnett sisters. When I knew her, she was Gaithy Edmonds. She had gotten married. She had like lawyers that would call her from time to time and ask her for interviews and stuff. It was really crazy. What you mentioned about, you know, people kneeling for the pledge or whatever, that's just political bullshit. There is nothing wrong with kneeling for the pledge. It's just people getting all bent out of shape over something stupid.
1: Hi Owen, my name is Ango. He's a pronoun. I'm 19 in Florida. My mega-religious QAnon-believing grandfather is essentially on his deathbed, and until the past year or so, we've been super close. Uh, should I risk coming out to him as a gay trans man, or should I just let him pass, not knowing who I am? Thanks in advance.
0: Bye. I have to say, I hear this question a lot, not just from gay people or trans people, but also from, you know, fellow ex-cult members. They say, should I tell my grandfather or my parents or whatever that I don't believe anymore? It's basically a trade-off. I don't know your situation, and I don't know your your grandfather or your specific case, so I can't really give you advice since I don't know it. But I'll tell you that the trade-off that you have to face is the possibility that he is not going to like what he hears. My wife is by and has had to worry about whether or not to tell her grandparents about who she really is, for example. Ultimately, I think she decided just to not tell them because... Based on who they are, based on who your grandfather is, QAnon, like you said, there is basically 0% chance that her grandparents would accept that fact about her. You have to know, going into this situation, there will be very little payoff for you, likely. It's a tough situation, and I don't want you to get hurt from the fallout, so... Be careful with it, and hopefully you find some peace with it. Good luck. Hi, Owen. It's Anthony from Michigan. I just watched one of your videos about men's rights and women's rights and stuff, and I agree totally about the thing about men can't have, even have certain jobs. And I remember when I worked as a—I still work as a teacher's aide, and I've been told before that it's women's work, and I really think it's wrong, and I think that a lot of people see things wrong in the world and that feminism— and everything is strong and we just need to change a lot of things. Thank you for everything you do. The thing about men's rights is ultimately when you really think about it, everything kind of wraps right back into feminism anyways. I was talking about this just like last week or the week before something like that. When Kylie was younger, we were out at a playground and people didn't like the fact that there was a man at the park, seemingly alone, just wandering around. I was there with my kid. That that seems like a men's rights issue, right? When you think about it, really, it's a feminist issue. Women are expected to be the caretakers. You don't have to carry the banner of men's rights. It has a toxic connotation to it anyways. You can wrap your complaints into feminism and work with people within that label to solve problems. Because the problems that you suffer as a man are in large part the direct result of discrimination against women too. Like originally programming, computer programming was viewed as women's work. like you're talking about teacher's aid viewed as women's work, right? That seems like a, a men's issue if men want to get into that field, but it's also a women's issue because they shouldn't be corralled into this one little occupation, this one little field, right? I would carry the banner of feminism with you to solve the problems that you and I both want to solve. Um, It isn't right that people say that. So good luck, and hopefully we can see some societal change in our lifetimes. Next, we're going to talk about Rick Wiles blaming everybody but himself for his staff's COVID infection. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, TelltaleAtheist.com. The next article I wanted to talk about is titled Satanic Serum. Rick Wiles blames other people getting vaccinated for his COVID-19 infection. This is on rightwingwatch.org, written by Kyle Mentila. So let's give it a read and see what it says. In May, radical right-wing conspiracy theorist Rick Wiles declared that he would never accept any COVID-19 vaccine because the vaccines were part of a plot to carry out global genocide. I remember covering that clip when it came out. In June, Wiles spent several days in the hospital battling a COVID-19 infection that spread widely throughout his staff and family. It really fucked him over. I I remember when it happened. In fact, I have a clip of him coming out and talking about it afterward. And we can compare what his voice sounded like before to what it sounded like after. It's something else. We'll get there, but let's keep reading this. Upon recovering from the infection and returning to his nightly True News program, Wiles naturally began to spread conspiracy theories about how he'd been infected and continues to do so using his program Tuesday night to blame people who've been vaccinated against COVID-19 for its infection. The vaccines, he said, were satanic serum. I wanted to give this clip a watch real quick. This, I just wanted to kind of introduce you to the guy in case you've never watched him before or whatever, give you an idea of his mindset, his beliefs, his ideals, how he views situations. So let me give you a little bit of lead up here, okay? You guys remember a while back, the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, had a kidnapping plot against her foiled by the FBI, I think. There were like a bunch of people from the extremist group known as the Three Percenters who were about to carry out this plot to kidnap and even possibly publicly execute the governor of Michigan. And they were caught in the act because the FBI had actually infiltrated the group months earlier. So Rick Wiles catches wind of this. Uh, This whole situation played out, I think, mid-October 2020 uh, or early October, somewhere in there. And Rick Wiles had to get his two cents in on it. Let's see what he had to say about Gretchen Whitmer's attempted kidnapping.
1: Governor Whitmer, who... Uh, suffered a big political defeat last week when the Michigan Supreme Court said she didn't have the powers that she thought she had.
0: Sounds a little bit salty to me, right? He sounds a little bitter about the fact that she was trying to do something that he doesn't like, I guess. He's a hardline, far, far far-right Republican. So he's naturally going to hate anybody from the Democratic Party. Let's keep listening.
1: What happened today, she said that there was a militia plot to kidnap her.
0: The FBI said that. This is all over the news, this is a big deal. These people were arrested and I've even done news articles about these people. It wasn't just a a normal old militia, it was the national leader of the three percenters group.
1: Did you at all stop and think, what
0: are you doing
1: that drives middle-class, law-abiding, tax paying citizens to think about kidnapping you.
0: Beautiful, victim blaming, perfect, love it. Love everything about it. That's exactly what I've come to expect from Rick Wiles, victim blaming. Oh, and by the way, I have to say, um, he said law abiding citizens, what's driving law abiding citizens to do this? They weren't law abiding citizens if they tried to kidnap the governor. In fact, they're the exact opposite of law-abiding citizens. I love how he does this special pleading argument for his side. It's okay when they do it. We can explain that away. No big deal. But when the other side is doing something he doesn't like, he gives the least charitable interpretation of what's happening. And, and this guy's actually called for people to go out and gun down anybody to the left of him. Seriously. Come on. Come
1: on, left. We're going to meet you in the streets this time. You know what they're doing here in Florida? The governor wants a bill passed in Florida to empower citizens to shoot and kill looters and rioters. Yes, sir. Get it done, governor. The people are with you. We're going to defend this state of Florida. We're not going to put up with this stuff anymore. The left. You better pack up and flee. You better, if you're part of this communist revolution, lefties, you better get out of the country. If, if we find out you're a part of the communist revolution, we're coming after you. All right, I don't care. FBI, put my name down on the list. Go ahead and do it. Do it. I don't care.
0: I try not to put that clip in very often because it will absolutely, most definitely get me demonetized, but maybe I'll link to it in the description. Give that clip a look.
1: What are you doing? Are your policies so extreme, so uh, radical, that you're pushing people over the line to say-
0: Nothing justifies violence. We live in a civilized society, or we're supposed to. I'm gonna go as far as to say violence is never justified. I, I can think of a few exceptions to that, but generally speaking, you should go into every situation in life with that in the forefront of your mind. Violence is not justified. I will not accept this. This is wrong.
1: People over the line to say we have to get that woman out of the governor's office.
0: This is called an ends justify the means mentality. In fact, believing that violence should be used to solve problems like this, that itself is an ends justified i'm sorry is an ends justifies the means mentality that is a top sign that you're in an extremist group or that you have an extremist mindset ends justify the means let them burn fuck them don't care what happens to them get rid of them take them out do whatever it takes to get what we want done so that's rick wiles i wanted to give you a little bit of an introduction to the guy before we watch the next clip so this next clip came out immediately after he got out of the hospital from having covid this is from mid-june 2021 this guy went on a non-stop tirade about how the virus you know we shouldn't be wearing masks we shouldn't be getting vaccinated it's all the government trying to control you and all of this other conspiratorial nonsense, like legitimately conspiratorial nonsense. After he got it, he had to acknowledge the virus really is dangerous and it really is real. So let's watch his response, watch him flop like a fish out of water.
1: There is a medical mafia in this country. Uh, I'm suggesting the CCP Agents in America Struck at me.
0: Chinese agents infected him with the virus. He doesn't think it could possibly be his complete disregard for human life or being care disregard for being careful at all like not giving a shit if you walk into a room with people who have the virus, you're, you're not gonna wear a mask. You're not gonna change your life in any way. You're not gonna submit to the lockdown like everybody else did. We're out here fucking suffering in quarantine for your ass. And you're out here not giving a shit. This blows my mind. And when he catches it, what does he do? Blames China. Is anybody really surprised by that? Blame everybody but yourself.
1: At me because I am calling for Fauci to be arrested and interrogated. Listen to me, I mean this with all my heart. If the China Communist Party is not stopped, most Americans may be dead in the next five years.
0: Oh please, really? This is really hard to watch, honestly. The the conspiratorial mindset that he's put himself in here is really, really fucking sad. He is obsessed with the idea that China is coming for him. China's coming for everybody. Okay, so let's mark this down on our calendars. They're coming for us and and everyone will be dead in the next five years, right? So this video came out June, 2021. June, 2026, I'm gonna call you on that and we're gonna see who was right. It's like Jehovah's Witnesses saying, the end will be here any five minutes now. You know, they've been saying that for fucking 150 years, and here we are. They, they said that the people living now will never die. People who were alive when they said that are all dead. That was 100 years ago. What were they fucking thinking? He just doesn't give a shit. He'll just say whatever he wants and doesn't care how embarrassing it's going to be for him later.
1: Be dead in the next five years. Think about what I just said, a systematic genocidal plan to exterminate the American population over the next five years through a variety of biological weapons and vaccines.
0: So basically, he, he was forced to face his delusion and realize that COVID-19 really is something that we should all genuinely be worried about right now because it almost killed his ass, really. He almost died from it. It was pretty scary, it was touch and go for a minute and his entire family caught it because they weren't being careful at all. They weren't listening to anything the CDC had to say or anybody else. So here he is now blaming other people for his mishaps and he just released a brand new video. This one just came out within the past week or something like that. So let's give this one a watch and see where he's at now.
1: She is now pointing the finger at the unvaccinated people, saying they're the ones causing this outbreak.
0: Yep, it's their fucking fault. You just need to get vaccinated. I mean, just look at the the trend line of the virus go down since January. I, I can't see it from their perspective. I don't understand where they're coming from here. Let's keep listening. The ones causing this outbreak. Well. It's the vaccinated people who are getting
1: infected. Aren't they causing the outbreak?
0: No, that is scientifically inaccurate. There is no evidence to support that. You've got people who are
1: vaccinated, who are shedding the virus, infecting other people, walking around thinking they are protected, and yet they are the ones who are spreading the virus to other people.
0: Scientifically inaccurate, that is incorrect. That is not what is happening. People are not shedding the virus, quote unquote. I've been hearing this for fucking months now. Yeah, I heard it from Deanna Lorraine before. Let me, let me see if I can find a, uh, I love looking at Reuters. Reuters is an awesome website. I don't know if you guys use that for your news, but it's like right down the center and the highest journalistic Integrity. Chet, listen to this article from Reuters. It says false claims that the coronavirus vaccines can be passed or shed from an immunized person to an unvaccinated woman and then somehow affect the woman's reproductive system are whipping around social media. Oh, that's an extra step to this conspiracy that he didn't address. Top medical experts agree that it is impossible for a person to transmit the vaccines to people they happen to be near. And for a woman to experience miscarriage and other reproductive problems by being around a vaccinated person it's completely absurd from the ground up and it's depressing that he really believes this and he has a reasonably big audience who's willing to listen
1: and yet fauci is going to blame the unvaccinated for this current surge that's taking place i don't think that there is a variant called delta i think it's a name that they gave the public to explain the explosion of infections caused by the infected, by the vaccinated people.
0: My God, the conspiracy theories are just whipping all over the fucking place right now. It's the gaslight variant, Mm -hmm. if anything.
1: The vaccines are doing exactly, they're not vaccines, I don't know what to call them, drugs. The drugs are, they're not experimental drugs. I used to say that. The drugs are doing exactly what they were designed to do. The
2: kill shots. Satanic serum
0: what okay now we're we are beyond conspiracy land now They're saying that this is a satanic serum Created by Satanists in a satanic plot To make people sick intentionally. What's the motive here really? I'm trying to like Figure out where they are. I'm just fucking lost for words. I have no idea how to reach them where they are.
1: There you go, satanic
0: serum. Satanic serum. It's the
1: genocide. We're witnessing for the first time in human history, global genocide, compliments of the church of Satan.
0: Wait, the church of Satan is an actual thing. The satanic temple, the church of Satan, uh, those are actual real religious groups for lack of a better term. Uh, I, I don't think the Church of Satan had anything to do with this. You should follow them on Twitter, though.
1: Compliments of the Church of Satan. The Communist Party is the political arm of the Church of Satan.
0: This is just so strange. You know what's what it seems like is happening to me? It feels like he started with a bunch of assumptions, and based on those assumptions, he built this big ass story and kept compiling more assumptions on top of more assumptions and kept doing that over and over again until you end up in fucking conspiracy land. Like when you start with a base that is completely fabricated from the beginning, you are bound to end up in wingnut land.
1: These people that are running the world are, are Satanists. They're, they're killing off...
0: No, they're not. Satanists are not involved in government at all, as far as I know. I don't know of any Satanists that are in... like. I know Satanists. None of them are involved in government. It's a charity. Like, the Church of Satan, isn't it a 501c3 charitable organization? What is he even talking about?
1: Massive numbers of people.
0: It's doing exactly what it was created to yes. do. And... You know, this was their plan all along, was to shame the unvaccinated people into thinking that you're killing these other people. But really, it's the truth. It's the vaccinated seem to be carrying uh, whatever this bioweapon is that they're unleashing on all of us. I mean, you went a whole year. I shook 10,000 hands last year Mm -hmm. on the campaign trail, didn't catch it, Mm -hmm. You didn't catch it all last year. Wasn't until people started getting vaccinated. Boy, is she lucky, seriously. The case numbers just exploded last year. and mostly toward the end of the year. It got really bad at the end, like around October, November, December. That's when it was really hitting its peak. Getting vaccinated, people started getting really sick. Yes. So, um... And I'm convinced that
1: my infection and the, the explosion that we had here in our staff, among my family and friends, 20 some people altogether infected suddenly.
0: Okay, so he's about to tell us why those people were infected suddenly and, and seemingly out of nowhere. When the answer is because they didn't give a shit about precautions. Time-tested precautions that human beings have known about for a very long time. Social distancing and wearing masks and things like that. Simple basic shit back when the bubonic plague was going around. They, that's when the term quarantine was invented. The practice of quarantine as we know it began during the 14th century in an effort to protect coastal cities from plague epidemics. Ships arriving in Venice from infected ports were required to sit at anchor for 40 days before landing. This practice called quarantine was derived from the Italian words quarenta giorni, which meant 40 days. Anyways, um, we've known about these things for like hundreds of years. And this guy is dead set on denying it and refusing to accept basic shit that we've known for like ever.
1: I believe it came from a vaccinated person coming into this building who was shedding the virus.
0: That's quite the conspiracy theory. Like I said, this guy has always been about building assumptions upon assumptions. Since day one, that's what's, I'm sorry, since day one, that's what it's been about. That is a trait of extremism. Coming up with an idea, building assumptions on top of it, and then building more on top of that. Building a giant fucking layer of assumptions. And by the time you get to the end, you've just put yourself in conspiracy land. To the outsider who is completely unaware of his assumptions that it was built upon, it seems like nonsense. But to his audience who's been listening to him for like a long time, for years, who respects him, or for an audience who knows him through another megachurch pastor or something like that, they buy it. Next, we're gonna talk about a Christian hate group appealing their hate group status and failing at it miserably. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. The next article I wanted to read is titled Christian Hate Group Loses Appeal Challenging Its Hate Group Status. This is written by Hemet Mehta on the Friendly Atheist website, so let's give it a read and see what it says. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit said this week that the Southern Poverty Law Center, the SPLC is what it's called, has the right to call D. James Kennedy Ministries, formerly called Truth in Action, a hate group. I actually read the SPLC website a lot to to as kind of a starting point for a lot of hate groups that I cover, particularly Patriot Front. I read that one recently on the SPLC website. It was very interesting. And and pretty comprehensive. They had the group's origins, their leaders, and a little bit of backstory about everybody. It was a good starting point to get more information on you know what I needed to know about this group. This is back to Hemet Meta. That label was protected by the First Amendment, the judges said, upholding an earlier decision. All of this revolves around the Christian group's inclusion in the SPLC's list of active anti-LGBT hate groups. Kennedy himself died in 2007. Oh, fascinating. I didn't realize. The ministry said in its lawsuit that being put on the SPLC's list hurt them financially because Amazon, also a defendant, refused to allow them to fundraise via Amazon Smile precisely because they're considered a hate group. GuideStar, also a defendant, temporarily labeled SPLC hate groups as such on their website, and the ministry said that also hurt their fundraising. The ministry insisted there was nothing hateful about them. So, I'm wondering, like, did they have to prove that they weren't hateful? Is that what it was? I mean, were they just trying to defend their past actions? This is a quote from the court documents, I guess. The basis for SPLC's declaration that the ministry is a hate group is that the ministry espouses and supports biblical morals and principles concerning human sexuality. It was on these biblical principles that this nation was founded and built. Based on Stars and SPLC's statements, they've conspired to publish written information in interstate commerce that subjects the ministry to disgrace, ridicule, odium, and contempt by, by declaring the ministry a hate group. Under Alabama law, this conduct constitutes defamation, specifically libel per se. Fascinating. So this... Basically, it seems to me that this court case is hashing out what a hate group is, what defines a hate group. It's extremely interesting to me. This is like exactly what I've been talking about for five fucking years on my YouTube channel. What hate groups are, what extremism is, and what cults are and what they do to people. This is exactly what I've been talking about. Very interesting. Back to the quote from the article. The SPLC knows that its publication of its claims that the ministry is a hate group both in the hate map and the SPLC transmissions are false and that these publications defame the ministry. The SPLC intended the hate map and SPLC transmissions to be statements of fact, not statements of opinion. Very interesting. This is and Matt speaking. It was always a weak attempt at alleging defamation. If the SPLC was going after all ministries that espouse biblical morals and principles concerning human sexuality, then damn near every evangelical church would be on the list. They're not. The SPLC doesn't go after groups that merely have faith-based objections to homosexuality or LGBTQ rights. In this case, they're going after groups that go above and beyond that. Here's how the SPLC explains why the groups on their list are called out. Quote, many of the religious rights leaders have engaged in the crudest type of name calling, describing LGBT people as perverts with filthy habits who seek to snatch the children of straight parents and convert them to gay sex. My God. They've disseminated disparaging facts, quote-unquote, about gays that are simply untrue. Assertions that are remarkably reminiscent of the way white intellectuals and scientists once wrote about the bestial black man and his supposedly threatening sexuality. This is Hemet Meta again. If you're wondering why Kennedy's ministry was on there, Here's an example of what the SPLC said on its website. Over the years, Kennedy emphasized anti-gay rhetoric, particularly in his TV ministry. He recommended as essential the virulent work of R.J. Dooney. never heard of him, who believed practicing gays should be executed. In an especially nasty 1989 edition of a Coral Ridge Ministries newsletter, Kennedy ran photographs of children along with the tagline, Sex with Children? Homosexuals say yes. That is a little bit above and beyond, isn't it? He believed that practicing gays should be executed. That is actually exactly what the NIFB believes. The New Independent Fundamentalist Baptist Church, you guys remember that? Fellowship Baptist with Stephen Anderson and Tommy McMurtry and a bunch of other people. That's exactly what they believe. And they say it all the time. I've been covering the NIFB for a while. In fact, I just did a, bi- a video about them the other day on my podcast channel where they were saying where they were encouraging people to take violent action against the LGBT community or specific members of it. It's fucking concerning. And it is worthy of of receiving the hate group label, 100%. This is back to the article. This is Hemant Mehta speaking. Gay people deserve death. Gay people are pedophiles. That's bigotry that goes beyond the Bible. It's hard to imagine how the SPLC could defame the ministry when the reason they're on the hate group list is because of their own anti-gay propaganda. The ministry, by the way, also created a documentary against the SPLC called Prophet of Hate, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh shit. Obvious, complete propaganda from beginning to end, I'm sure, before even needing to watch it, but I would love to give that a watch. It seems fascinating. This is Hemet Mehta again. The fact is, even if the SPLC didn't exist, people would see these groups as hateful because of their own words. They actively spread lies about gay people. They claim homosexuality is some sort of disorder that can uh, that can be cured, that it's a perversion akin to pedophilia and bestiality that there's a gay agenda trying to convert children. None of that is true, they don't care. Every time I hear the term gay agenda, I think back to the governing body member, Tony Morris of Jehovah's Witnesses fame, who discouraged people from wearing tight pants. Dude's got some weird fucking obsession with tight pants because according to him, the fashion industry is run by homosexuals, his words, and they use the tight they want people wearing tight pants because it's attractive to them the homosexuals who run the fashion industry are attracted to people wearing tight pants it's so ridiculous it's funny at a certain point seriously these people are caricatures of themselves that's how you know a movement has lost the plot it is a mockery of itself it is so ridiculous It's hard to take seriously at a certain point. Let's keep reading. This is Hemant Mehta again. The three judges unanimously ruled against the ministry saying the defamation claim failed because there was no evidence the SPLC acted with actual malice. The power of the designation isn't just that someone is calling this ministry hateful. If that's all this was, the SPLC wouldn't get anywhere. What makes it stick is that the SPLC has the receipts. They document why they believe the ministry crosses the line. People can see for themselves why the ministry's actions are hateful and not just run-of-the-mill Christian bigotry. A court has no business telling someone what is and isn't hateful, and no one would reasonably suggest that the, uh, that the SPLC is just randomly picking and choosing groups to add to the list. Notice that the ministry's argument wasn't that they were misquoted or taken out of context. It's that they felt it was unfair the SPLC could call them a hate group. Too damn bad. This was always a frivolous lawsuit, and now, after several years, it finally appears to be dead for good. When I walked into YouTube for the very first time, just started doing YouTube, I didn't really have any direction with my channel yet. I knew I wanted to be an atheist content creator, wanted to talk about atheism, because at the time, nobody was, basically. They were all part of the skeptic community, which had a toxic fucking reputation at the time, and they were all going down the anti-SJW rabbit hole. I didn't give a shit. I didn't want to hear about Bill C-16 and people throwing a fit because they're going to be jailed for using the wrong pronoun, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a shit about all of that. I, I felt like Jordan Peterson and all of the others were completely full of themselves and ridiculous, and again, caricatures of themselves. I wanted to hear about religion. I wanted I was on YouTube to learn about biblical history and hear about, you know, crazies who are saying just all these conspiracy theories and stuff like that. That's why I wanted to be on YouTube and nobody was really doing it. That's why I started in the first place. Eventually, I got to the point where I started talking about cults and I looked around for the clearest, most concise definition of cult that I could find. I wanted to understand what made something a cult. And that's when I came across a number of different models, the Byte model, the Ixa model, and others, and studied them. I wanted to understand what made something a cult so that it would be irrefutable, because Jehovah's Witnesses deny that title constantly. I wanted to understand why people call them that. And now we know people can't be sued for calling something a hate, gr- a hate group if it's, as long as it's made in good faith, basically. Fascinating. Next, we're gonna talk about Bill Mitchell hilariously insulting Trump supporters without realizing it. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. The next story I wanted to talk about is about a guy named Bill Mitchell. Now, I've talked about him a few times before, but it's been a while. So I want to give you guys a little bit of background on who he is. He is a far-right radio host, basically. This video by him came out in mid-May 2021, so it's fairly recent. Let's give this clip a watch and see what he had to say.
2: But what's so strange about the Liberals' obsession with this? Is the typical? Uh, pardon me. The typical liberal is your, you know, millennial younger person running around out there, and the chances of them catching COVID and dying from COVID are extremely slim. That's just the science, folks. I'm not making it up. It's not a conspiracy theory. This is not fake news. This is not misleading anything on my part. Everybody knows that it is extremely rare for younger people to die.
0: Of this disease okay i just want to correct him on that it is not it's not extremely rare necessarily it's just it's more common for older people to get sick and die from it than younger people i guess it's still a dangerous deadly disease i he has a habit of downplaying it and i don't want to let him get away with that it, it is serious and i'm not going to let him play this off like it's nothing to worry about But that's not what the clip's about, so let's keep listening. The people dying from this disease
2: are older people. Older people, mostly. Now, you're always going to have the rare case of the young person that succumbs
0: to this terrible disease. It's not a rare case. As far as people who get sick and die from this, being young does not rule you out completely. It's not rare. The highest risk categories I believe are like 65 and up and then 46 to like 65, something like that. They're split into those types of demographics. Being above 30 means you're at a higher risk for this. I just don't want him to get away with downplaying it. Like I said, that's not really what this is all about, what he was saying. I just don't want him to give the wrong impression while we watch, let's keep listening.
2: It succumbs to this terrible disease and dies. I understand that, I'm not denying that. That happens, but overall, statistically speaking, it's mostly older sick people. Well, mostly older sick people vote Republican. You know, senior citizens tend to vote Republican. So why have the Democrats and these liberals been so obsessed with the mask wearing and the social distancing and and all those things to stop
0: a disease that's killing mostly Republicans? Seems very strange. That is strange, huh? It's almost like Democrats care about humanity and society. Isn't that fucking weird? I know that there's this trend in the Republican party to not give a shit about others, but uh, yeah, you don't really find that as often in the Democratic party. Isn't that fucking strange? I've got a counter question for you, Bill Mitchell. Why is it that Republicans seem to be obsessed with spreading the virus far and wide? refusing to wear masks, refusing to get vaccinated. What's that all about? They're only hurting themselves. You're right, older people tend to vote Republican. Why is the highest risk category or the highest risk demographic refusing to be careful? Genuinely, I I don't like this. I do not want people to get hurt. Absolutely do not. But it seems strange to me that the highest risk category is doing this because they are actually making it less likely that they will win elections in the future by playing it this way. This guy has been a major note of disinformation surrounding the virus and the election and, you know, all of the typical stuff. He's been such a major source of disinformation that he actually got banned from Twitter over it uh, and some other places. Rightfully so, in my opinion, for what he has said and done. Uh, I don't believe that just any old person should be banned, but in this one specific case, I'm in favor of it. It's just fascinating to me that he's not connecting the dots. He doesn't seem to, like, he, he can't grasp why somebody would give a shit about other people. It just, it, it's not connecting. It doesn't make any sense why somebody would give a shit about society. Why? So that's Bill Mitchell. Um, we've got a couple other clips to take a look at, both of which are newer clips. So let's give this one a watch and see what he had to say. It's from late July, 2021.
2: Antifa has got their uniform, right? Yeah. The black sweatshirt, the black pants, the, the hoodie, you know.
0: Okay. I have to say, um, obviously this is going to be an Antifa episode. Um, Antifa is an ideology, not an organization. It's an idea. It it means anti-fascism. Literally, that's what it means. I thought everybody was anti-fascism, honestly. But I released a uh, TikTok the other day about fascism, like what it is. Like from a kind of a psychological perspective, I gave like characteristics of fascism, right? And somebody comes in there on the comments bitching me out for talking shit about fascism. I was like, there there really are fascists out there. Like, self-proclaimed fascists. People who believe in fascism. People who believe that it's the best way to accomplish their goals. I thought that was a fucking joke. There really are people out there like that. Ultimately, though, as I said, Antifa is just an idea more than anything. There are pockets that organize. And, um... I'll throw a bone to the right-wing audience. There are some pockets that organize and radicalize. There are some radicalized groups out there who carry the banner of Antifa. But Antifa is not a group or an organization. It is an idea. So I'm not going to let them use that as a bludgeon like they use the word socialism or communism or or critical race theory. Things that I honestly don't give a shit about and that are way overblown and are just being used as like the new war on Christmas, basically. So there you go. There's my take on Antifa. Let's keep listening to what Bill Mitchell had to say about it.
2: The, the hoodie, you know, the masks and so on and so forth. And just because you take someone, you know, they basically look like homeless teenagers, okay? Just because you take... Uh...
0: That's an insult. That That's unnecessary. They look like homeless teenagers. Why? Why even go there? Why insult people like that? I don't understand. I don't believe you should ever insult anybody.
2: Because you take uh, this Antifa person, or this BLM person, and you put a MAGA hat on them, doesn't make them a Trump supporter. <laughs> and I had people that were there at this thing, and they said...
0: Talking about the January 6th insurrection, if you guys remember. oh, We'll get there. Let's keep listening.
2: Doesn't make them a Trump supporter. And I had people that were there at this thing and they said there were busloads of these people unloading off and they all had on the Antifa outfit, the garb, you know, the black pajamas we call them, you know, <clears throat> and uh, you know, you saw the pictures in the video of that one guy uh, trying to bust in the, the window on the Capitol. And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm looking at the guy that's filming. I'm like, these are not Trump supporters. These are Antifa guys.
0: Look at them. Okay, so he gets some anecdotal evidence, quote-unquote, anecdotal evidence that it was actually Antifa that was, you know, doing the riot at the Capitol or whatever. Why Antifa would have been at the Capitol in the first place, I couldn't possibly guess why they would give a shit about being there. There was a Trump rally... Right there at the Capitol. And then he told this crowd to walk from where he was down to the Capitol. And that's what they did. How can he possibly deny this at this point? All of the evidence. Of course, he he can just completely disregard the evidence. It means absolutely nothing to him. If he has a certain specific belief and he wants to push it, he's going to and fuck the evidence. He's just gonna completely ignore it. And he's gonna make up his own story about it. Building assumptions upon assumptions upon assumptions once again. Look at them, they look like homeless scumbags. That is the sweetest. This guy is insulting Trump supporters inadvertently. I mean, he's pretending that they aren't Trump supporters, but they were, they were Trump supporters. Whether he likes that fact or not, they've arrested like 500 people. They were Trump supporters. That's who inspired the crowd to do what they did was Donald Trump. That's why Donald Trump came out and asked everybody to be peaceful and everything when he really realized that shit was getting completely out of hand and it was on his head and he may actually face another impeachment for it. I absolutely love listening to this guy insult Trump supporters thinking that they were Antifa.
2: And I'm looking at the guy that's filming, filming, I'm like, these are not Trump supporters, these are Antifa guys. Look at them, they look like, homeless scumbags you know i've been to trump rallies trump rallies are moms and pops and kids you know and construction workers and you know and good you know salt of the earth people they would never in a million years assault a police officer
0: why why does he view it that way this is part of the us versus them good versus evil mentality that's what this does to people This exact thing, oh, look at his tongue. What the fuck is going on there? He views the people on his side charitably as good, honest, hardworking people. What if I told you, Bill Mitchell, there are genuinely evil people in your movement? In fact, I'll I'll go even further with it. What if I told you 3% of the people in your movement are evil and want violence and are willing to do anything it takes to get it. I think I'd be willing to say that's probably the the same on the other side. Uh, you know, the left and the right, they probably have at least 3% extremism. That's a, a bare minimum number. When you're dealing with big groups like this that are politically engaged, usually the number is closer to 15% extreme and... The rest are more reasonable. But 3%, that's, that's a fair number, right? I mean, I'm being generous here. Let's just say it's 3% on both sides. Why is it that this guy, Bill Mitchell, can't manage to see past his delusion, his, his facade, his rose-colored glasses? Why can't he see past them to realize that there are actually bad people in his movement? What is preventing him from seeing things for how they really are?
2: And good, you know, salt of the earth people, they would never in a million years assault a police officer.
0: Okay, so this is the next clip I wanted to watch. This one came out around the same time as the last one we watched. Check this one out.
2: Nancy Pelosi wants a show trial so that nobody wants to see video of what happened inside the Capitol, where when we see some of the video,
0: where the police are just standing there with their arms crossed. I would love to see video. What well, what is he even talking about? We should see video of what happened inside, absolutely. And protesters are just
2: walking peacefully through the Capitol, nobody's arresting anybody, nobody's being cuffed, nobody's being thrown to the ground. Police are letting people in.
0: No, police were not letting people in, they busted the door down. The police were encouraging people to go a certain specific direction once they got inside because they wanted to steer them away from the chambers, the House and the Senate chambers. They wanted to steer them away from the congressmen. Um, And there are a couple of specific police officers on camera, we have footage of them, risking their lives to protect people. It is one of the most honorable things that I've seen in a while. People were breaking the law by the mere fact that they were in the building in the first place. You're not allowed to be even on the steps without prior permission. This building is locked down, seriously. This isn't something you fuck around with. This building, as far as I know, I think school students can go up on the steps and take pictures and stuff, but you aren't allowed in. I don't give a shit if you think it's your building or not. We pay our taxes so that the military can go into sensitive situations, that doesn't mean you're allowed to walk in on the Joint Chiefs of Staff discussing military strategy because you're a taxpayer who pays their salary. The US government is supposed to represent us. We are not part of the US government. Let's keep listening.
2: These are letting people in, okay?
0: They don't want us to see
2: that. They don't want us to see this as a mostly peaceful, protest
0: mostly peaceful and the violent ones were antifa right is that what it is like i said movements like this are usually somewhere around 15 percent violent but once the violent ones opened the doors everybody flooded in it didn't matter if they were violent or not well look the door is open let's go inside that's why you find people moseying around but the violent ones knew exactly what they were doing and where they were and what they were looking for. They set up gallows out back. They had zip tie handcuffs with them and body armor. They knew what they were doing.
2: I see this was a mostly peaceful protest. Most, by far and away, mostly peaceful protest. And we have people sitting in jail right now who basically asked the police permission to go inside just to use the
0: bathroom. If they asked police permission to go inside, they shouldn't have gone inside anyways. There was a literal insurrection taking place with people carrying the flags of other countries through there. The Confederacy, the Confederate flag. There were people carrying that shit through the halls. The Confederate flag didn't even reach the halls of the Capitol building during the Civil War. It's
2: permission to go inside just to use the bathroom. And they were filmed inside, standing in line for the bathroom. And they were arrested in front of their friends and neighbors as terrorists.
0: Again, they should not have been inside, period. And I don't even know if they asked permission to be inside. What I don't know what this guy's talking about at all. This could very well be completely made up. Some of the things he says is completely made up. So, who knows?
2: We're standing in line. To use the bathroom In the house they pay for, you know, the capital belongs to us.
0: No, it belongs to the federal government, not to us. We happen to pay the bill, but we don't own it.
2: The capital doesn't belong to anybody. Our taxpayers, we own the capital.
0: No, no, we don't. The federal government owns the Capitol, and we are not the federal government. This is the argument I was making a minute ago. That's not how this works. We pay the bill. They own it. We can't just walk in on the Joint Chiefs of Staff discussing military strategy because we pay their salary. It's not how it works. What are even talking about? I can't stand this argument.
2: We own the Capitol. And they couldn't even go in there to use, stand in line, to use the bathroom without being arrested. Now Jan- uh, Nancy Post wants to have this January 6th council, and all she's going to have on it is a bunch of far left Democrats and Trump hating never Trump rhinos.
0: Trump hating never Trump rhinos. Okay, well, the insurrection was inspired by Trump. We know that unequivocally based on court records and documentation and things that people said when they were there and the hats they were wearing and the flags they were flying, we know that. Why would we want insurrectionists on the panels? I'm all for Republicans being on the panel. I want that to be the case. In fact, I would prefer it if Republicans were on the House Investigation Committee along with Democrats. I don't want Trump extremists on that panel. That would literally be the worst thing you could possibly do.
2: Jim Jordan, forget it. He can't be on there. He can't be on there. because Jim Jordan would make sure that she gets investigated too. One of the questions that we want to answer is she knew this was coming. Why didn't she have the National Guard Surrounding the Capitol, nobody's gonna mess with the National Guard. You know, why did she have the police so poorly staffed? Why was this, you know, not why was the Capitol not protected? Because she wanted this to
0: happen. I feel like this guy doesn't fully understand what happened that day, based on what he's saying here. He's saying Nancy Pelosi wanted this to happen. Nobody wants this to happen. Nobody wants death threats. Nobody wants to be attacked. It's completely fucking ridiculous, and for some reason, this is where people keep going back to. Every time they're losing an argument, they claim that the other person staged it. False flag attack. I get so fucking sick of hearing about this. Donald Trump was the one responsible for sending the National Guard in, and guess what? He didn't! Mike Pence had to send in the national guard when all this was going down. It was really heartbreaking to watch some of this shit happen. You know what's even more sad than that? Watching all these congressmen turn on each other and throw themselves under the fucking bus to defend Donald Trump. Why? Just give up on the dude. I mean, there were literally congressmen sitting there crying and praying for their lives. Taking off the pins so they weren't identifiable as congressmen. Because they, they knew somebody was going to come in and kill them. And here we are. They're trying to shut down the commission that would protect them. They have to take the first step here. I want this investigation so their lives aren't in danger again. And they're refusing to. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week.